Hello, and welcome to this podcast presented by the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. My name is uh, Jeff McClarty from the United Way. I'll have the pleasure of being your moderator today. Uh, as you may or may not know, it's uh, Youth Week in Lethbridge. And one of the things we've been trying to do uh, throughout the week is uh, raise awareness for youth issues, t- try to talk about uh, some of the things that are going on for uh, families, youth, and children in our community. It's been uh, my honor to know these uh, two fellows I'm about to introduce. Uh, uh, Lewis and Byron have been uh, really great advocates in the youth community. They really work well with youth. They have a great relationship. They're ab- able to bridge the gap between uh, um, young adults and uh, older adults, such as myself. Um, I think they really do a great job, and I inter- can't wait to hear what they uh, have to say. So without uh, further ado, I would like to introduce uh, Byron Dent and Louis Busca to come and tell us a little bit more about uh, youth in our community. I introduced you, and I forgot all of the other things I was supposed to say. That's okay. <laughs> so, uh, just a reminder, welcome to SACPA. Thank you, everybody, for uh, coming. I um, want to make sure that we don't interrupt these guys, so if you do have your cell phones on, please uh, turn them to uh, silent or uh, off. A uh, reminder that lunch is $11, and uh, please place the, that in the uh, basket and uh, make sure you have the right total there when the uh, when SACPA comes around to collect. Um, we should have about a 25- to 30-minute presentation. And these fine folks will have a lunch break followed by a question period. So I think now I've got everything in. I'll reintroduce <laughs> these guys. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Hello, guys. Uh, my name is Louis Busca, and I'll be followed by Byron Dent. Um, together, we're going to be talking about uh, some of the gaps that we have in our uh, community, specific uh, the generational gap um, and the disconnect between uh, some youth and their older generations. Uh, we'll be discussing the conflict and issues these disconnect creates within our city and how combating these issues will lead to a greater uh, sense of empowerment within our community. Um, so let's start off by thanking SACPA for having us here. Uh, neither Byron nor myself have ever been able to present for you guys, so it's, it's a huge honor for us. Um, you'll notice that I'm a little bit jittery, so bear with me, please. Um, over the last six months, uh, since I started working at the Boys and Girls Club, Byron and I have had the privilege of working together with some really amazing local teenagers. Um, every week we spend time with over 120 kids, in a huge array of activities, uh, activities. and um, one main thing that has always struck, um, in my mind anyways, has been uh, the disconnect that some of these youth feel with uh, their older generations. And uh, a lot of the times, this disconnect isn't, uh, isn't so much real as it is perceived. Um, so I'm going to start off by... I'm going to start off by talking about the generational gap, uh, making sure we have the same grasp of the concept. Um, then I'm going to talk about how bridging this gap will allow us to combat or at least work towards eliminating some local social issues and uh, how by doing so we can achieve the need to build an ownership amongst all ages um, in our community. Um, I'm also discussing this concept of ownership and uh, why that's important. So after that, I'll briefly discuss um, how uh, youth-focused programming and policymaking can create uh, the sense of empowerment within our community. I'll finish up with what is missing and left to be done to encourage responsibility and ownership amongst individuals in our community. And um, after that, Byron will be up to share some experiences and toast- testimonials with uh, youth from within our community. Uh, unfortunately, these youth weren't able to join us today because they have school hours right now, 
Um, but we were able to uh, gather some really interesting stories from them. Okay, so the generational gap, uh, what is it? Here are the two main points I want people to take away from it. Uh, first of all, the gap is a disconnect in views and opinions between people of different generations. Uh, this gap isn't as obvious between family members or people who are uh, of close age, uh, and that's because we experience things together, right? We, have, we share insights with those that we work with, go to school with, or, you know, go to SACPA with. And um, so the gap isn't as obvious then, but when we talk to people at the extreme ends of the age gap, say 17-year-olds uh, and 70-year-olds who don't necessarily know each other, the disparity is much larger. Uh, these differences are made even larger by our skewed perceptions. Um, so in reality, what I mean by this is that old people and very young people uh, tend to agree on a lot of subjects, but the perception amongst most teenagers is that uh, the older generation is strict, authoritative, and out of touch with youth issues. Regardless of whether or not that is the reality, it is the perception. Um, and likewise, most older people perceive youth as being trouble waiting to happen or as not really having too much to contribute to society. And obviously, again, that is not the reality. It's just a perception. It's these stereotypes that isolate us from each other. They limit dialogue and hinder our ability to work together in fixing things that don't affect either group individually, but affect all of us equally. It creates an us versus them mentality, um, which really it creates conflict within our community. And when one, blames, one side blames the other uh, for issues within the community, neither, neither side is able to take ownership or responsibility for those issues. And to that end, the community suffers. So now I'm going to talk about some of the issues uh, that are you know, happening within our community and some ways that we can combat them. Um, these issues aren't caused by the generational gap. I, I want to make sure that like, everyone's aware of that. I'm not saying that you know, by having these different experiences, we have this huge, uh, you know, that they're causing these issues. But um, by building connections between younger and older generations, we can actually start working towards, you know, fixing some of these things. And we open up new exciting dialogue. Um, we open up new ideas, new support networks, and most importantly, a healthier and happier community. Um, so yeah, I'm sure most of you understand, most of you understand some of these issues. Uh, I just want to briefly touch on some of them and how they specifically affect youth. And um, you'll see that by ignoring these issues, we raise kids who grow up dismayed and discouraged by society's uh, expectations. So youth poverty and homelessness. Uh, kids are already vulnerable by virtue of relying on their guardians. And the sad reality is that many kids don't have a stable home life. Uh, this means that shelter and food aren't always available. I work with so many kids who are attempting to go to school every day and go to work at the same time. And they're just so discouraged by how little support and how little encouragement they get from those around them. Almost 20% of, of youth in Lethbridge live in low-income housing, but that doesn't mean that they're any less passionate or any less ready to contribute to this community and to the world around them. The next one's mental health. Uh, perceptions are slowly shifting with mental health, but we still have two major issues with it. And the first is diagnosis and care, obviously. Um, we're unable to support and uh, properly care for a lot of individuals who are suffering with mental illness. But uh, the second issue is stigmatization of, of mental illness. And again, youth are specifically vulnerable to these. Um, peers in, at, in, at the youth level don't tend to be as well equipped for dealing with such things. And this leads to isolation. Um, and really, who's a kid to turn to, right? Like, if you're already having problems at school, um, not attending, or with other kids, you know, are you going to turn to your school counselor who wants you suspended for being absent? Um, are you going to turn to a psychiatrist that you can't even afford? You know, these things are impossible. So 
there there is these things available for youth. There is help available, but again, there's this huge disconnect between the help that is available, those who can provide the help, and those who actually need it. And bridging this gap again encourages uh, dialogue and eliminates uh, this this huge disconnect. Um, and then the next few things are you know kind of obvious as well. Emotional support. Obviously, a lot of kids aren't receiving emotional support in the areas that they that they really require. And I think that older generations are especially suited, especially since the experiences we've had, to really um, like help kids to the, to the things that you know to us may not seem like a huge issue, but to them is like their whole world, right? Um, lack of sa safe environments is another issue. Safe environments is a huge one for me because if you can't feel safe in a location, you can't really take ownership of it. And if you can't have ownership over a location, you have no real need to take care of it. You have no real want to look after it. And in this community, we have you know places like Youth One, Boys and Girls Club, YWCA, who do provide these safe locations. Um, but in the cases that they do, it tends to be at certain specific times, and this ties into our next point, is uh, tends to be in locations where they don't necessarily have uh, transport available to them. And transport is so, so important for getting to your safe environment. If you don't have a, a way to get to your safe environment, it really is pretty much pointless to you, right? Um, so yeah, now I want to talk a little bit about uh, community empowerment. Um, Byron will be talking a bit more about this specifically in a few minutes here, but I really want to drive home how important it is for all of us as individual members of this community to really start caring and looking out for each other. Um, we're not in this alone, and we don't have to be. And we, when we start looking after each other's issues, we start realizing that our own issues get solved along the way. Um, a community that works together is able to deal with things like unemployment, homelessness, uh, mental health issues. A community that isn't working together is going to find it a lot harder to be able to balance all those issues out and figure out how to solve them. We often talk about building a better tomorrow for our youth, but we rarely talk about building better youth for tomorrow. Unless we start helping youth find safe and enjoyable environments, jobs that fit their skills, and helping them find ways in which they can get around town affordably, we're going to end up with a generation of people who have little connection to the city of Lethbridge. So really, what's, what's next in, in, in kind of solving these issues and really bridging this gap? Um, the one that comes to mind first is uh, government accountability for positive changes. This one comes to mind, obviously, because of the changes in government, specifically here in the province uh, recently, right? Um, I know that many people in this room, including myself, are excited and interested to see what the new government's going to do in Edmonton. Um, and the reason it's exciting isn't just because there's a different party in charge, uh, but because of the changes this could mean for our province. The first step for the NDP was winning the election, but now the hard work begins. And it's up to us to make sure that we hold them accountable for the changes that we want to see. We as a unified people, young and old, need to embrace this chance to make sure that we keep holding our government accountable and that they do the things that they've promised us to do. Um, the next one here is individual ownership of community. This one comes into things I've been talking with some of you in this room even about how um, we have this, again, perceptions, right? We have this general idea that older people in the community don't have as much to offer, younger people don't know what to offer yet, and I think that by, by bridging that gap, right, by finding things, by finding ways to work together, we can really take ownership of this community. Um, that means, you know, thinking about the things we do and don't do uh, when it comes to working together. We just need to take ownership and not only have, not only over the good things, but over the, but over the bad things as well. 
It is unlikely that we'll ever see a society where every single youth is safe and stable all the time at their home life, and that's unfortunate. But we can make we can make the individual choice that every youth deserves to feel safe and supported. So ostracizing and stereotyping totally destroys this. It simplifies and limits our ability to have a true dialogue. The last one here is a collective willingness to embrace and challenge the needs of the community. What I mean by collective collectiveness is doing it together, right? Everyone wants to improve their community, and we really need to work together, which is why you know uh, organizations such as SACPA are so important. Um, this is the most important one be, to me as well because even though I'm just saying that it's an individual choice, it won't be until we work together that we can tackle these issues. There needs to be a collective willingness to add dialogue about change and what that change will look like and how it will be implemented. This discussion can't proceed the way it has in the past. We need to include everybody in order to make sure that we're solving everybody's issues. Um, so yeah, that's kind of it for me. I hope I've conceptualized these uh, different ideas that we're discussing in an okay manner. Um, I'd like to thank SACPA once again for letting me talk up here. And now I'd like to introduce Byron Dent, who's going to be uh, sh sharing some stories about the kids we work with and kind of the ideas um, that they've had on how you know we can truly bridge the gap between members of our community. Thank you. All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, nice to see so many of you here. Nice to see so many smiling faces. Uh, before I get started, I'd like to share a joke that was shared with me before the beginning of today's presentation. So I'm going to ask all of you, what is it that kids and grandparents have in common? They all hate the parents. All right, now that we're all kind of settled in here, um, we can move forward. So, uh, yeah, once again, my name is Byron Dent, and I'm the Youth Services Director at the Lethbridge Boys and Girls Club, and it's been my privilege to work with a whole bunch of different organizations uh, to make Youth Week a huge success. Uh, it's good to see everyone here um, engaged in learning more about their communities and issues in the communities, and that's what we're here to discuss. I'm going to be talking a little bit about um, some stories that have been shared with me and my colleagues over the past little while, I think it's, um, you know, it's really important to kind of be able to add some flesh and really have a deeper understanding of concepts through the use of personal accounts and stories. Um, as Lewis was saying, the youth that we would love to have here couldn't be here today for um, school obligations, work obligations, or just in general dealing with their life issues. So it's my privilege to kind of speak on their behalf and really try and describe some of the things that they go through and what it means for bridging the generational gap between communities. So some th the things I'll be talking about is uh, why testimonials are important, especially what I've learned about how they can develop communities. Then I'm going to be sharing stories of three youth from our program that I've had the pr privilege of working with. So the importance of testimonials. Um, personal accounts are hugely powerful. Um, I know for me, when I came to Lethbridge uh, just about six years ago, uh, I came here to pursue my Bachelor of Science degree at the university, and for the first little bit, I really felt like a tourist in the city. And by that I mean I had my little bubble. I, would, I was living in res at the university, and I really had no attachment to the community and city of Lethbridge as a whole. At first, I didn't know why this was so, but I knew that it was true. This is because I was invested in my education, doing well, making new friends, and really developing my own career. 
that changed completely when I started working at the Lethbridge Boys and Girls Club. I had the chance to work with children and families and really develop a deeper understanding of some of the stories that they had and the struggles that they had and the issues that they face. And Lethbridge went from being a university town to me to a town that has so much to offer and so many people with all their stories and the importance of it all. Lethbridge became real and I became invested in it. That's why I would like to share some of the stories that the youth have shared with me with all of you here today because I hope that it can really help you know, create that connection between youth and everyone in this room today. So first we're going to start with Kevin. Now Kevin is a real youth in our program, although it's not his real name. Uh, due to some of the subject matter that we'll be discussing here today, it's important to not have their real names in order to protect their identity, but the point will still be the same. So we meet Kevin. Stereotypes, archetypes, and understanding. So Kevin is, has been in a youth in our program for would you'd see him with his mohawk, his torn up jeans, his you know piercings, his ripped up tattered jean jacket, and have band t-shirts. Um, earlier we were talking a little bit about stereotypes and how those can really influence and kind of affect the way we perceive individuals. Um, if I were described as some punk kid, Kevin would come to mind. Um, I've chosen this picture of Kevin up here today. It is of an individual who would typically be described as some sort of anarchist, typically throwing something like a Molotov cocktail or whatever to damage a building. Uh, here it's depicted as throwing flowers. The reason I think this is really accurate of Kevin as an individual is that although his exterior really kind of portrays him as a punk who's no good to society, as soon as you get to know the individual, you'll find that that's not true at all. Kevin's a youth in our program who is politically wise, insightful, but also struggles with a lot of the issues we were mentioning earlier today. Uh, the issues that come to mind of special, of special importance are mental health issues, youth homelessness, and struggling with transportation and poverty in general. Uh, he is currently struggling with family life, and these issues can lead to tragedy. Last year, Kevin attempted to take his own life and did so again this year. Uh, the good news of that is that he is all right and is making a recovery and is doing better. Um, but the importance of the matter is, is that despite this young individual who has so much to offer the world, he's still struggling with these issues. And because of these issues, he's suffered a great disconnect with himself and his community. Currently, he views his community as one that is hostile. It's him versus the community. Not, not a community that embraces and can support him, but one in which he has to fight, fend and fight for himself. This, this, is, um, this is the reason why we're all here today. We're here today so we can figure out how to kind of bridge that gap and so we can ensure that youth like Kevin really are supported rather than they are ostracized and feel like they have no one they can trust and reach out to. I'm going to share a quote with you. Um, Those who make peaceful revolution impossible will make violent revolution inevitable. Some of you may recognize this as a quote from JFK, but when I see it, I recognize it as a quote from Kevin. He actually said it to Lewis and I at our program a couple of weeks ago when we were discussing some political you know, manifestations that have been happening and issues that he really takes heart with. I think it's very accurate in describing that although there's this punk-looking kid who has had so many hard struggles with his community and with himself, I really think that this shows that deep down inside, Kevin is a youth who's intelligent, 
capable of caring, and who needs support. So next we move on to Chris. Chris is a very interesting and colorful youth in our program. He is one who has been in our program for years now and has typically struggled with mental health issues, fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, and you know behavioral problems, aggression, that sort of thing. So my first many interactions with Chris have been either telling him not to harass other youth, not to instigate uh, fights between other youth, and to just try and you know encourage him to be a positive role model in the program. Uh, to no success, I might add, he, every, it was a weekly struggle to get to work with him, and every week it would be new challenges, but with what I was hoping through support and everything like that, we'd be able to instill positive change. Um, I was wrong, and I'll admit it. Uh, I wasn't able to quite do that, but luckily there's um, something quite interesting that happened with Chris, and that's transformation through opportunity. So I've I've chosen to depict Chris through an image of gears here. The reason I've chosen to do so is because when I see Chris thinking and trying to work out his day, I can see I can literally see the gears turning in his head. The, the, he's struggling with his mental health issues to make connections and to bridge the gap, and that was something that I've always known to be true. However, um, Chris was given an opportunity. Through his school program, he was given the opportunity to volunteer as a youth leader with the kindergartners at the Lethbridge Boys and Girls Club. Um, at first, I was a little hesitant to see how this would go. We had this kid with behavioral issues who struggled to you know, make ends meet and struggled to not fight with other youth in the program. And I was a little hesitant to see how you know, five-year-olds half his height would be able to handle him and the issues that he has. Um, to my surprise, I was... I was informed by colleagues that uh, Chris was able to not only interact and engage with these young kindergartners, these young five, six-year-olds, but also to be one of the best leaders that they'd ever had. This became clear to me when I heard that Chris had spent an hour reading stories to a six-year-old before she had to go to school. The Chris that I knew from our drop-in program um, would have never, ever done that. And it was a learning experience for me, and I think a learning experience for all of us. Although we have these youth who are rough around the edges, who are painted in pictures and stereotypes of, you know, having these mental health issues and struggles and everything like that, I think if we do give them the chances to be leaders and to be responsible, then I really and firmly and absolutely believe that they can become leaders and succeed through the opportunities that we give them. This is a quote that Chris has said to me, um, and I'll read it to you all now. I just don't want the kids to see me fight. I don't want them to be scared. This was when Chris was worried about some other peers in the program uh, jumping him and attacking him uh, outside in the community after school, uh, when he was at the Boys and Girls Club or going to other youth programs. And when he said this to me, I really found that it showed a change in himself and his perception of the community. He went from having an introspective kind of bubble to understanding that uh, violence in the community could negatively impact the development of these young kindergartners. I really thought it showed maturity and transformation through opportunity in himself. So next we go on to Greg. Greg is a little bit unlike the other youth in our that I've previously discussed in the sense that he is one of the most intelligent, caring, and introspective individuals I've ever had the pleasure of working with. 
Greg uh, made the transformation from being just a youth in our program to being a youth leader and a youth volunteer. On our Monday nights, we have our younger age group, 11 to 14, and Greg, being a 17-year-old, come, uh, came to join us and engage with some of the youth in the program. Uh, there was no doubt in my mind that he would flourish and that he would succeed, and I was not proven wrong. I've chosen this image to depict Greg because he's a caring individual who is empathetic by nature. And the reason I think it's important to mention Greg is because if you got a first look at him, you would see a youth with long, slick back hair, always hanging in large groups of teenagers and having being completely covered in tattoos and you wouldn't expect to find such a caring optimistic and wonderful individual um, we are super fortunate to have him in our program and it is my pleasure to share his story with you today he actually wrote out a full page testimonial that I'll be reading to all of you now and I think that you will find that it is as moving as it is insight as it is as insightful and intelligent when I first started attending the Boys and Girls Club as a youth, it was a very foreign environment to me. Even though I thought I wouldn't fit in here, they made me feel very welcome and safe. I started to make friends and meet new people because I was encouraged to open up and be myself and feel confident about it. After a couple of years of coming as a youth and the way things worked out with my school, it opened a new opportunity for me to start giving back to the people who gave me a safe place to hang out. Shortly after I started volunteering, I started to learn and find interest in things I never thought I would. I really enjoy coming to the club as a youth because it's a comfortable place to meet new people, play games, or just escape for a while. I also like to come as a volunteer because it's fun setting up activities and games for the kids to play. As a volunteer, I like to see new kids start to attend and see them go from being really shy and quiet to joining in games and engaging in conversation with new people. I feel like the club is very important for supporting growth and development of the youth, and I think it's important to make them feel welcome every time they come. It's also nice for the youth to have other people to look up to. I'm going to continue to volunteer because I find great, great joy in coming and hanging out and giving a helping hand. I know that for myself, to have a youth, a 17-year-old, say that um, is pretty surprising. Uh, I know when I was 17, I was more concerned with uh, getting into trouble and you know, making sure I could stay out with my without my parents' knowledge. And I think that uh, Greg is a youth individual who really would put a 17-year-old buyer into shame back there. Um, yeah, so as far as what we've been talking about, I really think that uh, through the examples of some of the youth that we've been talking about, Kevin, Chris, and Greg, I really think that they kind of provide us with that real-life examples of some of the concepts that Lewis was talking about. And I think all of us here will agree that in order to have youth invest in our community and have communities invest in youth, we need to share these stories. We need to share our stories. Everyone in this room used to be a youth at one point, and many are still young at heart today. And I know that the fire I see in the youth's eyes, we all have here today. And when we work together and care about these issues and talk about these issues, we can really make a difference. So once again, thank you to SACPA and everybody here today. Um, thank you so much for having us. This is a wonderful venue, a wonderful location. Thank you to Jeff from United Way. Thank you to Lewis for speaking. And thank you to SACPA for hosting these kind of events. And yeah, all of you here today, we're the ones who can make a difference. And let's get to work. Thank you. Thank you.